Hey everyone, my name is Billy. Uh, welcome to this week's message from the Greenville Vineyard. Today I want to kind of take a, a little bit of a hiatus on our series that we've been doing. We've been talking about journey and just kind of focusing a little bit on the subject of worship today. The reason why is, you know, if you're watching this before Saturday, we've got a worship night happening as a church. And if you're watching it after Saturday, it's still relevant because it teaches you a few things that I think I want us to focus on as we consider worship, especially our gathered sung worship to the Lord. And so I just want to dig into that subject a little, just uh, over a short period of time, just to encourage you to really kind of gather yourself before you worship. I was listening to a message from Anaheim Vineyard yesterday, uh, was Jeremy Riddle was sharing it, and in it he was talking about consecration, and he was talking about it in the light of you know consecrating ourselves in anticipation of God revealing His glory, God coming in glory. He was really talking uh, in the message about desiring revival, desiring to be in the glory of God, to see the glory of God break out, but to to be sustained and to last long. Now you can't make God's the moves of God stay they they're sovereign but you can stop them prematurely and he was sharing about how often some moves of god that have happened over the past few years even here in the states have have ended abruptly because of character issues because they've been pastored badly and and so on and often it's because people weren't ready they hadn't consecrated themselves for the task at hand they hadn't gotten ready they weren't ready for god to show up basically is what the whole thing was about and so that got me thinking it's like you know are we ready to worship you know even coming up uh, this is friday when i'm recording this so the worship night for me is tomorrow evening and i'm like you know am i ready to worship the lord for you know in in, in an extended period of time or maybe worship for 45 minutes we'll see how long we can handle it but it's going to be a long time it's going to be a good time but you know You'll be able to get through that time well if you are ready for it. And so um, let me just jump straight into my reading today. And I'll say a little prayer before I start. And then we'll talk a little bit about worship and kind of end with a challenge on, you know, inviting you to be ready uh, as you enter into a season of any time of worship that you're going to enter into. But specifically, if you're going to be with us tomorrow evening, when we do our do our worship so I'm going to read from, actually, let me pray first. Father, thank you so much that, you know, when we worship you, you don't just seek to take from us. This is the amazing thing. Often when we worship and we worship well, we walk away feeling like we got more out of it than you did. I thank you that your desire is to be in a relationship of exchange where we love you and you pour your love back on us in return. In fact, you've given us your love first and, you know, we just ask that you continue to do that. Pray for this worship night tomorrow night, that you'd be especially present, that you'd impact people, that you'd set them free, that you give them breakthrough on things they need breakthrough on in their life. And God, my words right now, Lord, let them be from you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we'll read from John chapter 4. Um, basically what we've got is Jesus has been walking around with his disciples and he comes along into Samaria and they're on the outskirts of a village and they stop by a well. And so Jesus sits down by the well and he says to his disciples, why don't you guys go into the village and get some food? I'm just going to sit here and rest for a bit. 
Jesus obviously knows what's going to happen. He's got a bit of a revelation. He's going to have an encounter with a person. So the Samaritan woman comes out, middle of the day, not when you normally go to the well because she's got shame in her life, so she goes to the well alone. So she doesn't have to deal with people. And um, so she comes out, and he's there alone, and he asks her for a drink of water. And I'll take the story up from chapter 4, verse 9, and it says this. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Now, Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans because they believed Samaritans were heretics, so, and amongst other things. So Jesus replied, if only you knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said. And this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer between water that he and his sons and his animals in, offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water, then I will never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. She kind of doesn't really know what he's talking about quite yet. She thinks he's talking about physical water. He's talking about something much deeper, because he's going to get to the point coming up right now where she needs that water. So he says to her, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. I don't have a husband. The woman replied. Jesus said, you are right. You don't have a husband. For you have had five husbands and you aren't even married to the man you are living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship while we Samaritans claim it is here on, at Mount Gerizim, where our, where our ancestors worshipped? She realizes, oh no, there's a problem there, there's a prophet. So now she's trying to deflect the issue onto some other debate, as people do. Jesus isn't taking the bait and he just says this. Jesus replied, believe me, dear woman, and this is the important part for us today. The time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes to the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. I think that whole term of consecration that Jeremy spoke about in that message that I listened to him, that's really what it was getting to. It was getting us to a place where we can worship God in spirit and truth. You know, God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit who dwells with us is inviting us to become true worshippers. How are you on that journey? Do you feel like you are becoming more and more of a true worshipper? Or is your worship of God, that whole aspect of your life, your faith, is that kind of stale at the moment? Is it even something you think about? Is it something that is a part of you? Do you, 
do you love to worship the Lord or when you're in any form of worship, depending what it is, uh, for us it's sung worship with kind of songs that are familiar to us and contemporary. Um, in that moment, are you standing still and not doing anything? Are you, are you even singing? Do you just stand there and get bored? Or are you able to engage in worship? Now, maybe you're someone that doesn't sing well and you hate the sound of your own voice. That's, that doesn't mean you're not worshiping. Maybe you're doing something else. Worship comes in many shapes and form. But if you're in that group, are you, are you giving yourself in some way to God? Because that's what worship is, isn't it? We, we bring our sacrifice. We bring ourselves, our bodies, before the Lord and we hand them over. And we do it through mediums of singing. Sometimes we do it through prayer. And there's a various bunch of other things that we can do to worship God. But there's this aspect, there's this core that we need to have when we come to that place. And us in the vineyard especially, what is core to us is this, is that worship needs to be to and for God. You know, yeah, we know that God's going to give to us in that moment. We know that if we throw ourselves into worship, we're going to get something out of it. But we come with the attitude of, uh, I want God to bless me. I want God to draw near to me. But my worship is to and for God. And, you know, a lot of the songs we choose, are the, actually the most of the songs we choose and that, that our worship leaders choose, are songs that are, kind of have that language in them. Their language, it's a language that's to God or it's a language that's for God. And we do that intentionally because so that we'll realize that we're bringing our sacrifice of worship to the Lord, that we are handing ourselves over. And one of the things you need to do to be able to hand yourself over is to come prepared. Um, and that's difficult, you know. Um, I think for an evening worship, like what we're doing tomorrow, it's probably a little easier. But, you know, for like morning worship, when you're rushing your family to get into church and all that kind of stuff, that's a lot more difficult because you show up, you've got the burdens of your week on the back of your mind. You maybe had an argument with the family in the car on the way there. You're just not feeling it. You're not feeling ready to worship the Lord. Um, hey, if that happens all too often for you, I reckon you should just show up a little bit earlier when you get into the car park. Before you get out the car, apologize to your family for being intolerant and rude and impatient with them all. And get into the building five minutes early, sit in your seat and just pray. Spend some time laying that down before the Lord, saying, Lord, I'm imperfect. And this is what we have to understand about God. God doesn't expect us to be, well, he, he invites us into his perfection. So we're not, that's another sermon for another day. But he knows that we're not perfect. He knows that we're showing up flawed. But his grace is sufficient for us in those moments. But it does help. If we arrive in those moments and get ourselves ready, our hearts, our minds, our posture, our body. In other words, we consecrate ourselves in the moment. Now, we should be living lives of consecration where we're continually setting ourselves apart for, for living with God and, and living for Him, through Him, and in Him. But, you know, our distractions, life's distractions, this week at work, all that kind of stuff just creeps into that moment. But so... Every day or every time that we're going to come worship the Lord, we need to take that moment to, you know, center ourselves, to change our focus on whatever's going and to say, okay, God, now is the time for worship. Now is the time for worship. Because the Father is seeking a true worshiper. And so that's one of the challenges I want to give to you is like when you show up at our worship night, if you're coming tomorrow or whether you go to a different church, who knows where you're watching this from. When you get there, take a moment and go through a little exercise of consecration. 
So whatever sins you've committed that week or on the way to to that church, confess them, acknowledge that you did them, and receive the Lord's forgiveness because he'll give it to you. Receive that forgiveness. Give gratitude for that forgiveness. Say, Lord, thank you for forgiving me for the sin that I committed on the way to, to this meeting today. Thank you that all my sin is covered. Thank you that as I come before you and I sit in this moment, justified in Jesus Christ, who has made me righteous by his blood sacrifice on the cross. Thank you that what I bring you today as worship is a righteous sacrifice. Even if you don't feel it, that's what it is because God's made it that way. And, and so you receive the forgiveness. Say, God, thank you for forgiveness. Thank you that you make my worship acceptable today. And then you go on another step. You say, Lord, will you help me to focus on you? Will you help me to take my junk and put it aside? Will you help me to take my prejudices and put it aside? Will you help me take my attitude problems? Because we all have them. Will you help me take my attitude problems and place them aside so that I can now enter into worshiping you, making this moment with these people around me a moment that is to and for you, one where I'm open to receive anything you might want to give me to me today. That kind of that kind of prayer, whatever that looks like for you. But you really want to be able to dig in and do that. And so when you do that and you prepare yourself to get into that place of worship, you're getting ready to be able to really enter into the to the best that worship can be for the Lord, first and foremost, and also for you. You're able to celebrate because you've already reminded yourself that you've forgiven, that God has restored you and made you a new person. And you're able to celebrate that and declare it through whatever songs you're going to sing that morning. You also open yourself up to a greater intimacy to God and you begin the process of exposing yourself to the presence of the Holy Spirit in you and in the room, because even before worship, you've already invited the Spirit to come and empower you and help you to worship God. You're already in that interaction. That's why I always encourage people, if you're going to go to a worship meeting, try your best to get there on time. You know, and I know it's our culture, especially here in the South. I mean, does anybody come to church on time? But I want to challenge you, if you want to be a true worshiper, Get there five minutes early. Be be in the building five minutes. Be ready. Now, if you're a very sociable, extroverted type person and you know you're not going to sit down by yourself and, and go through a little place of consecration, do that in the car on the way over. You know, or do that at home before you leave. But make sure you go through that process so that when you get there and you bump into all the other extroverts, you can all love on each other. But you'll already be in that place where you're ready to worship in in a group of other people and so that you know however that fits for you and you'll notice the introverts in the room when you get there because the other ones gonna go straight to a chair and sit down and start praying right so you can just leave them be but as you come prepared however you do it you're already opening yourself you've already exposed yourself to the spirit you've exposed yourself to the spirit's conviction because you've welcomed god to come and uh, reveal your sins to you You've exposed yourself to the work of reconciliation the Spirit does by receiving, accepting, and being in gratitude for the forgiveness you've gotten. And you've opened yourself out to the life of the Spirit because now you can move forward as your gratitude increases because you need your gratitude to increase in order to help you even sing and worship the Lord. And then 
you've got to do the next step where you're willing to surrender your dignity. You're going to go to a place where you're going to make God first and yourself second. So that if you're in worship and you feel led to get on your knees, whereas before you'd be like, I'd be really embarrassed to get on my knees in front of people. Maybe they, what if they think I'm in some serious sin or something like that? No. You're like, no, it's not about me. It's about God. I feel led to get on my knees. I'm going to get on my knees. Sometimes you might be feel led to just lie flat on the floor or whatever it is or, or sit or you get emotional and you feel like you're going to weep and weep. Whatever, you know, whatever the whatever God is beginning to do in you in worship. But to do those things and to, to step into those leadings requires you to, like, lay your dignity back a little bit. Because half the time we don't worship God fully because of our pride and our dignity. We look around the room and go, like, I don't want these people to see me worshiping God fully. So I'm not going to worship God. But God turns around and says, but I'm looking for a true worshiper who will worship me fully regardless of who's around them, and especially when they're by themselves. And so that brings me to this last bit that I want to remind you of. God is worthy of our worship. He's worthy of our efforts to consecrate ourselves. He's worthy of our efforts to show up ready to worship him. He's worthy for us to make ourselves second to him in every facet of our life, not just our worship. Because in Jesus, he's revealed to us that he's a loving God who is willing to walk through us in our pain. He's a God who heals our pain. He's a God who heals our brokenness. He's a God who does the hard work to reconcile us us to him in relationship. And he's a God who's willing to suffer on our behalf and take the punishment, the judgment, the separation, the loneliness, the isolation that's, that we deserve. And he's willing to take that upon himself in the person of Jesus on the cross in order to reconcile us to God and so that we can basically escape that. And then not even that. We don't even just get forgiveness out of this deal. Not in that he rises again from the death, from the death, from the dead, in a new body, a heavenly body, and turns around and says, oh, by the way, also, if you believe in me, when you die and when I return, you will rise to life in one of these new bodies as well. And you'll have an eternal fullness of life that you, you can only dream of. And we get that too. And what does that mean? That means God is worthy. He is worth your worship of him. So those of you who are in the vineyard, who are watching this, and even maybe somebody else who's watching, you might be joining us tomorrow night. Come ready. And if you arrive and you're not ready, go sit on a chair and get ready. Consecrate yourself to the Lord. Confess your sin. Be in gratitude for the forgiveness that you're, get, you're getting right there and then. Invite the Holy Spirit to rest on you, to make you sensitive to what he is doing in you in that room. And invite the Holy Spirit to empower you to worship God as a true worshiper with your whole body, your whole being, laying aside your dignity and pride for the sake of the glory of God. And if we can do that, and we can do that consistently. We'll experience, we'll, we'll experience the closeness and the glory of God more regularly as followers of Jesus. I'm just going to close in prayer. Normally I do a kind of a little ministry time at the end of this, but I just want to leave you with that thought. In fact, as just as I close in prayer, I encourage you just to go through a little exercise of consecration right now. Invite God to convict you for your sins. Turn away from them. 
and get ready for worship. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you're watching this for the first time, you're like, I'm, I, don't, I don't know what to do. Hang on, there's a number you can text. We'll text you. You can text Jesus that and we'll send you a prayer. That prayer is a prayer of surrender where you choose to follow Jesus with the rest of your life. So it's serious, but I encourage you. It's the best prayer you'll ever pray. Pray that prayer, get in touch with us, and we'll begin to talk to you about what this journey looks like because it's not just a prayer. It's a total life transformation that you're inviting and uh, to become a true worshiper of our Father in heaven, our Lord Jesus, and our Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. Father in heaven, thank you so much uh, for the people who have listened to this message today. Would you, as, they, as we come into the end of this, would you rest on them? Would you encourage them? Would you help them to consecrate themselves and be ready to surrender themselves to you in worship? Lord, would you bless them with a sense of your presence and your closeness, of your peace and your mercy, of your love and your acceptance. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen.